Well, and uh, here we are again. How many times? This is the fourth time in the past five years that our Erev Yom Kippur Shir has come out on uh, Erev Yom Kippur. Mamash. We're at the end of the process. The process has now finished. We don't have Elul. Elul is a central part of our preparation for the Amnarayim. Elul, what we need to get over, Elul is gone. Rosh Hashanah, the Koach of Rosh Hashanah, and everything that's said for Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah is gone. That's done. We have a very large Sefer Slichos, which is basically done. I will take this particular one, because this is the one that I have in front of me and the one that I use personally. So that's why I'm most familiar with it. Although I assume that uh, even, you know, all of them work about the same. And you will find in this one, tomorrow's Slichos begins on page 364. 364. And this is what's left for tomorrow. This is gone. And this is what's left. The Slichos are for all intents and purposes done. As you know, there is a very short slichos tomorrow. We have to leave a maximum amount of time tomorrow for eating, which is the avoda of Erev Yom Kippur, Baruch Hashem. Many people here have spent an entire year preparing for this mitzvah. To make sure that they do it with the proper kavana, it's absolutely incredible. You know, they, they say, we mentioned this last uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah shir, that, uh, that when we saw Salanda, he would say right after Yom Kippur, he'd say, Ay, it's almost the Yom Narayim again. It's almost here. And that's what we say, it's almost the Yom Kippur, so we better make sure that we can eat properly with the right kavanas. So Baruch Hashem, we practice for that. At least, you know, they, they, somebody used to have a column called Easy Mitzvahs. You know what I mean? So this one should definitely be there. In any event, although it's like everything else, you ever notice that once it becomes a mitzvah, it's almost impossible to do? Everybody gets depressed on circus because there's a mitzvah to be happy. You know what I mean? And you have this terrible guilt that what if I'm not happy enough? And you're just sitting there saying, Oi, I'm so hoping I'd be happy the way I'm supposed to be. Oi. So, of course, Arab Yom Kippur, some of you know that people are suddenly full. All of a sudden, I get full easy. You know what I'm saying? But it's a mitzvah. Then we have to be misguided by ourselves, even the difficult things like eating. So, uh, that's it. We're all over. And the slaves tomorrow are very short. And I want to focus, if I can, on just one short observation. We say Ashrei followed by Kaddish, like we do on everyone. And then we usually have the... Somewhat long paragraph that begins Lachar Hashem Hatzaka, which is a collection of all the different sukim that we say. Normally, it goes on for uh, two, three pages, right? And when we get to the end, we finish up, right? Every chazan, Hadisham Allah, Ve'Guf Allah, Chazam Allah. We're not going to do that tomorrow. That's all done. That part we're finished with. We have a very short one tomorrow. One paragraph. Hashem, you have the stalker, kind, the charity, and we have embarrassment. What can we claim? What can we answer? What can we say? What can we say? What can we say? There's nothing to say. 
search our ways, help us return to you. Because your right hand is extended to bring those who come back. We don't come to you with deeds, we don't come to you with chesed. Like poor destitute, we bang on your door. Please don't send us back empty-handed. And then, one slicha, you give omidos, two slichas, you give omidos, right? A pizvan, you give omidos, and of course that's going to be very much of Yom Kippur. We know Nila and Friday night is very much the theme of the Yud Gimomidos. Yeah? Uh, Shem taught us how to say the 13 Midos. Remember today the convent of the 13 Midos. As you showed the Anav originally, the Anav Moshe Rabbeinu, the Anav, the modest one, that assuming one, Moshe of course. This is it. We have a few times tomorrow morning. We're going to do it in Kippur night. And of course, Ne'ila will once again be essentially a slicha service. And it will be this tremendous expression, this tremendous opportunity to cry out the Yud Gimomidos. And when we get to Ne'ila, it takes on a fervor, it takes on an excitement, it takes on a rush. Because we're watching the clock. Watching the clock. Here in the you get to have that experience much more so than you do in America. Because here, you want to get in the Birkas Kahanim before it gets, uh, before it gets dark. Before it's Shkia, you know. Because they're Voda. So they're mamish, really, running through the Ela. Especially, you know, we change the clock now. So, you know, it got the pedal to the metal, you know, uh, really, we're, we're belting out those Yud Gimel Midos. I mean, I can't, we drag on for 35 minutes, but the, but the Yud Gimel Midos, you know, there's a rush, there's an excitement, yeah, very, very intense. So, so this is it. Now, I have to tell you, there are certain people who, when they read these sort of paragraphs in Slichos, and in the davening, feel somewhat uncomfortable. Now, somebody once pointed out to me one of the most difficult paragraphs. It's at the end of Shmona Esrei, the end of the Amida that we're going to say on uh, Yom Kippur over and over again. Right? Hashem, before I was created, there was nothing, and now it's as if I was never created. I'm dirt while I'm alive. News to say when I'm dead, I'm dirt. I am before you like a clee, like a container filled with embarrassment and shame. And someone said to me, you know, that, that whole clee mali bushu klima thing, I have a little trouble relating to that. Now, I have enough difficulty getting through my day as it is. You know what I mean? I wake up in the morning. I have to, you know, steal myself to face all the challenges of my life, all the difficulties. I've got teachers. I've got students. I've got um, employers. I've got employees. I've got to go shopping in stores. I have to, you know, contend with society. Everything is, like, so difficult. You know, and I have to... You know, view myself as 
I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, gosh darn it, people like me. You understand? Because I have a certain positive outlook. I, I feel good, I look, inhale, face the world. And now I'm supposed to be focusing on Yom Kippur. When everything is hanging by a thread, the entire world is now here. I remember somebody telling me they were learning in yeshiva in Los Angeles. And the person pointed out, that Yom Kippur is over in Israel. Yom Kippur is over in Europe. Yom Kippur is over in New York, Chicago. The entire fate of the world rests on us here in L.A. <laughs> I have to say, that was one of the most depressing Yom Kippur thoughts I have ever heard. So therefore, those of us here in Jerusalem have to work extra hard. <laughs> so we hopefully take care of this before it gets out to L.A. <laughs> but you understand the fate of the universe is hanging on what we're doing Yom Kippur and all we clean my budget of Klima. I am a mess of filled with shame and embarrassment. I'm nothing. I'm worse than nothing. I wish I was never born. I hang myself. I was dirt when I'm alive. I'll be dirt when I'm dead. I've always been dirt. My gosh. I had a teacher like this, but, uh, <laughs> you know, today, the new educational techniques, we, we, don't, we don't espouse this general approach. You have to encourage people, you know. I remember I had the trouble once because I told uh, one of my students that she was wrong. She got very upset at me. <laughs> what do you mean I'm wrong? Um, you're wrong. Is this, this is a tough one, you know what I mean? How can you say that to me? You, you've just, oh, what was the great word? You just invalidated me. I said, what are you, a fucking meter? I'll put it in a quarter. You know what I mean? Validated you, you know? Anyway, as often happens, I got into trouble, you know. So now it doesn't matter what they say. They could say, you know, yes, sir, he uh, died for our sins. Oh, that's an interesting answer. Okay. That's an interesting approach. Let's think about that. <laughs> yes, indeed. How much is two and two? Five. I can hear that. All right. That's a... Certainly an approach, I understand. Yeah. So now we're supposed to say to ourselves, we're dirt, we've always been dirt, we're worse than dirt, it's worse than I, 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 I hate myself when it was ever alive. So some people have a problem with this. For some of us, it's not such a big deal, because we're just repeating what we hear from other people. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, we should all know this. My goodness, how does a person change? A person changes by doing a chajwara nefesh. How does a person do a chajwara nefesh? You do a chajwara nefesh by looking not only to bad things, but also to good things. You can't just focus on your bad things. People always tell me, I do a chajwara nefesh, it's too depressing. Right? Because I only look at the bad things I do. I look at how many times I spoke Russian horror. How many times I spoke Russian horror? You know, I tell someone, just write it down. They said, I can't. I'm going to get one of those clicker things. You know what I mean? That they use at sporting events. You know, just see how many times. Click, 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 click. You know? So it's too depressing to look at it. I said, but why don't you keep track of how many times you wanted to speak Russian horror and you did? I, granted, it'll be a smaller number. But that's the number you want to build on. You want to build on success. You have to look at your success. You have to appreciate success. You can't just focus on, I'm a bad person, all the bad that I've done, right? And yet Yom Kippur comes, and we seem to be taking a different approach. So, let's try to understand how this other approach works. Now, for those of you who were here before Rosh Hashanah, so you remember... We spoke about trying to understand Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is Yom Hadin. And Yom Hadin is a very frightening concept. And we said, HaKadosh Baruch who wanted to create the world with Din and saw that it would not be Mikuyam. So he added in Rachamim. 
which of course implies, or apparently Chatzor Shalom would seem to imply, that the Kodesh Baruch made a mistake, tried to create the world with thin, so that it didn't work, so they had to fix it in Ann and Rachman. But we can reject that. The Kodesh Baruch was all-knowing, Kodesh Baruch would know already whether or not the world could stand in din, or it couldn't stand in din. So rather, what it's coming to tell us is, Hashem created the world in din because that is the best way for the world to exist. The best thing is din. There is nothing better than earning it. There is nothing better than deserving it. We spoke about this for an entire year. We developed this concept. And when we blow shofar, HaKadosh Baruch Hu moves from the Kisei Hadin to the Kisei HaRachamim. Now that's on Rosh Hashanah. Okay, today we didn't do it on the first day, we did it this year. Didn't do it on the first day, we did it on the second day. But that's the idea, you blow shofar, HaKadosh Baruch Hu moves from the Kisei Hadin, Kisei HaRachamim, right? And yet we're still coming here doing the Klimoli Busha, or Klima thing, right? Even though. Even though we had a... Uh, this tremendous aura of din and this tremendous insight of Rachamim. Why? Well, let's understand. We mentioned this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world ultimately as a chesed. The world was created as a chesed. There is no way in din the world could have been created. There is no basis for the world to deserve creation. You don't deserve to exist. How could you? How could you? Every kid, not every kid, but there are kids who occasionally throw this one at their parents. I didn't ask to be born. <laughs> and there are some parents who said, and a good thing. <laughs> In retrospect. <laughs> you know? But what does that mean, I didn't ask to be born? Right? They're saying, you know, well, you chose to have me. What was I supposed to do? How was I supposed to? You, you don't go to the hospital and say, okay, I'll take this kid on a, you know, 12-year basis. No, that doesn't help. You have to wait till they're teenagers. Fourteen-year basis. And then we'll see if we're happy with this particular model or not. Of course not. When you have that person, that when you decide to give birth to a child, you're giving birth to the child with the understanding that, of course, the kid doesn't deserve it. Of course, the kid, you know, the, there was an ultimate act of chesed. But how much that kid is going to have a claim on his parents is how much that kid is a kid. Now, let's, let's put this into simple terms. Simple terms that we can understand. Okay? Um, person comes up to you on the street and says, Hi, Dad. Excuse me? Hi, Dad. It's me, Bob. Sorry, Bob. I've, I've never seen you before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your son. That's so strange. I don't ever remember you being born. Yeah, in fact, I, I, I really was there for... I was in the delivery room for all of them. I, I have no recollection of you, Bob. You know? In fact, if I'm not mistaken, you look to be about 34, and I've been married for 20 years, so that's... Uh, <laughs> It's going to be a little tricky there, Bob, you know? He says, yeah, well, you know, you have to work that out on your own. Anyway, can I borrow 50 bucks, Dad? Well, no. Oh, come on, Dad, help me out. You're not my son. Dad, you could call me Dad, but you're not my son. You have to actually be my son. Oh. Because I saw your kid answer 50 bucks. That's him when he was my kid. Oh. Oh, it seemed like a good approach. Yeah, well, you know, I'm happy to help you out here and there, you know what I mean? But, uh... You know, don't come to me and ask me to support you like a kid, like a son, like a child, unless you deserve it, unless you're actually a son. If you're not really a son, you can't really come. Kirachem of Albanim, 
Kent Rachem, Kent Rachem, Hashem Aleinu. I want to make sure we get an all of the Tzaras before Yom Kippur now, so I'll be singing throughout the year. <laughs> In any event, the, uh, we say, Akush Baruch Hu, have Rachmanus on us like a father. That works, as long as you're a son. We talked about this in Pashat Bukhokai about uh, three, four years ago. You have to be a son. If you're a son, Kudosh Baruch Hu, have no problem having mercy on you. If you're a child. But if you suddenly come up to him and say, Hi, Dad. How about... So what do you mean? Well, you know, uh, you're our Father in Heaven. So that's strange. I don't recall ever seeing you around. I don't recall seeing you around. In Orsamech, I saw this Andy Cap. Uh, comic strip up. I don't know if he's still around. When I was there, Andy Cap was this uh, sort of like uh, this, uh, um, this guy from uh, Cockney, sort of a fellow rugby player, English fellow there. Anyway, he's talking to this woman, you know, and she says, Listen, I gotta go to church. He says, Oh, yeah, what church do you go to? So he says, uh, Such and such. He says, Oh, really? I, I, uh, I also belong there. She says, Really? Uh, you know, I've been going there for 10 years and I've never seen you there. He says, I didn't say I'm a fanatic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm a fanatic, you know? I've got such a deep impression on me, you know what I mean? I go there. I don't actually go, but I go there conceptually, you know? Give me a son conceptually. It's like you're a child. We're asking for Rachmanis. We're we going to Rosh Hashanah Bedin. Because that's the highest level. Din! Can you earn it? Can you deserve it? Can you be big? I was so I was so inspired. Somebody came to me after the Rosh Hashanah, and he says, "We're working on being big." All right, that was our whole theme. That's our theme of Rosh Hashanah. We want to be big. Let's work on being big. Let's see if we can, you know, reach those levels that a Kurdish Baruch has confidence in us. You know, we don't want people to 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 soft pedal it. We don't want people to to just toss it to us. Never, never. You know. You know, you, you, you know, you, you certain people get up to bat, and the pitcher moves all the way up and tosses it to him easy. So if the kid's little and doesn't realize it, it's one thing. But if the guy's a major league baseball player, he's got to be insulted. You know what I mean? Or the, you know, it's a, <laughs> the shortstop starts moving in, and for the outfield moves in. You know, I can, I can speak from experience. So uh, <laughs> when you accomplish something, you want to feel like you really accomplished it. I, I remember when I was a kid, I went to Gettysburg. Pennsylvania. This was one of the highlights of my life and one of those wonderful things that it's absolutely impossible to translate to your children because they grew up here in Israel. I explained to them this was the greatest battle in North America. Where's North America? We're in North America. I took them to, to Gettysburg. I took them to the big lighted map. You know, theirs was one of the highlights of my youth. It was the 1960s, you know. And they had the little light bulbs where the different troops are coming. It was so meaningful to me, you know. I took my kids there and they said, I don't understand anything. And the other kid said, who's the union? You know what I mean? Like I said, <laughs> anyway, it was about 1965, maybe. I was there as a kid. And, uh, and my father said to me and my, you know, my, it was three of us, three younger brothers, says, uh, maybe go and take a look at the battlefield. There might be a few bullets left. Made sense to me. Why not? This battle was fought a hundred years ago. No reason there shouldn't be a few ammunition things left on top. <laughs> the grass has grown now for a hundred years, you know what I mean? Sure. So we went out, my older brother took us out, we started looking, and it was the most amazing thing. Each one of us found a Civil War bullet. I treasured this Civil War bullet. We found, I found it. I didn't have to dig very far either. You know what I said? I didn't have to go for that. There was a bullet. 
Years later, I found out my father bought them in the gift store. <laughs> Gave it to my brother and said, make sure they find it. <laughs> he was good at that. He was good at that. It was so exciting because I felt like I did it. Imagine how stupid I felt afterwards when I realized, you know, I didn't do it. Imagine if I really found it, right? The, arche- the arche- <laughs> archaeological thrills that everyone who comes there show experience. People go out on these little teolim, they go out in these places, and they find, and this is, this is incredible, how many people experience this, broken pottery. And they hold it up, look, a piece of broken pottery. This must be like, like thousands of years old. This must be so valuable. Now the truth is, if you have some of this broken pottery, don't get too excited. You know, not too many museums are going to be that interested in you. Because people have lived here for thousands of years, and all of them had pottery, and almost all of it broke. So, that makes for an enormous amount of broken pottery. You know what I'm saying? But, but it's so exciting, because I found it. My dad didn't even drop it for me. You know what I mean? You know, I found a piece of broken pottery. So I'm so excited. Oh, I'm Indiana Jones. Look at this. You know? This is a piece of pottery. Look at this. Where's it saying it? Coca-Cola, I think. <laughs> Must be ancient Hebrew script, I think, here, you know? Everyone's excited. You want to find it. You want to earn it. You want to make it. That's din. If we don't have din, then we go to go to when we say we want rachamim. Rachem Like a father has mercy on a son. Father, tati, tati, answer us. What do you mean you've never seen me before? <laughs> well, you know, even rachamim you have to earn. You have to deserve mercy. The famous story of the fellow who goes in and, you know, throws himself on the mercy of the court. He killed both his parents and he says, you have to take into account the fact that I'm an orphan. And then, you know, that's, that's not, that's not Rachamim. That's not going to cut it. You know what I'm saying? That's not Rachamim. You deserve Rachamim. There's Din and there's Rachamim. A person, a judge is going to take into account your record your family situation, you know, what you've done in the past. There's always, there's always two parts. There's whether or not you're actually guilty. That's the din. And then there's Rachman. Based upon that, how do I sentence you? But there's got to be something to base the sentencing on. If you, if you want mercy, you have to deserve mercy. You don't just get handed mercy. I want rach- I want din? I have to earn din. I want Rachman? I have to earn Rachman. Well, that doesn't work out too well for us then. Because what if we don't earn Din? And what if we don't earn Rachamim? So, there's a famous Chazal. Anyone who says a Kodesh is a Vatran. Anyone who says Shem is a Vatran. He gives in. He's not there. Doesn't care. Oh, he did a bunch of sins. Eh, don't worry about it. Ah, forget it. You know, what you do is that. Yeah, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. Anyone who says that is going to be mavate on his existence. His very existence. But it ceased to exist. You can't say Hashem is a vatra. So therefore, there's going to be an accounting. It's going to be a din on every single thing. And if you don't make it in din, then you're going to have to make it a rachamim. What if you don't make it a rachamim? So make no mistake, the world is run by din. Person, person, Khalilah falls off a building, you know, and... Uh, gets paralyzed or some other terrible thing happens. They can go to the doctor and say, I'm very sorry. I wish it had never happened. I have Kharat the Gemurami, Kharat, I wish it. That doesn't change the reality. 
I had a doctor, I'm sorry, I left my hand in the fire too long. I knew I should have taken it out, but I was busy, you know. I burnt my hand away, you know, forgive me. He said, what do you mean, forgive you? The only thing you do, your hand is gone. I don't know, but I feel really bad, and I'll never do it again. I said, that's too bad. The world works undid. There's no way to undo that. And undo that. You know, everybody knows that. There's that, when you start to trip, and you have that moment where you're, you feel like a cartoon character and you're like trying to get your hold and you know you're going to fall, but you try helplessly to get back your footing. So Hashem doesn't say, oh, look, he's really trying, you know, pick him back up. You know what I mean? He, he really didn't want to fall. See, there's something called gravity. Gravity has no mercy. Gravity doesn't differentiate. The laws of nature are din. That's how the world works. And when a person does a hate, I feel really bad. But I did the hate. So what am I supposed to do? So, as we know, the 40 days of Tshuva which come to an end, tomorrow night being the 40th day, is a historical period of time that reoccurs every year. What is this historical time? It began at Har Sinai, where we spent seven weeks raising ourselves up to the highest level. We were on the 50th day, we were on the highest level. HaKadosh Baruch who reveals himself to mankind. We hear Hashem himself speak. We see the lightning. We hear, uh, we, we hear the lightning. We see the thunder. Our senses are beyond the limits of this world. Unbelievable. And Moshe Rabbeinu goes up for 40 days and 40 nights to get the Luchos. And when he comes down, we're waiting there with the Ego Hazav. We're waiting there with the golden calf. That's really bad because Hashem was Kore's bris at Sinai. He made a bris with us. That's a confident. As the Ramban says in Parshish Noach, bris is from the Russian Bria. He created something. It's real. You broke a bris. I'm sorry, but you can no longer continue to exist. I'm going to have to destroy you now. So Moshe says, don't do that. Hashem says, I'm sorry. That's how it works up here. You do something bad, you get destroyed. Not anything, but a bris. You've gone against everything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to change that. Moshe Rabbeinu appeals, and he goes up for another 40 days and 40 nights and throws himself before HaKadosh Baruch Hu and appeals and begs and, and everything he can do, and Hashem forgives us. But it will never be the same. And Moshe Rabbeinu comes down in one of the most pathetic scenes in the entire Torah. And he sets up his little tent outside of the camp. And he calls it the Ohel Moed. And the people watch as Moshe Rabbeinu goes out. And they see Moshe go into the tent. And they see the, the Anan come down. And they say, we used to have that. And they say, Moshe, we want it again. And Moshe goes to Kodesh Baruch Hu, And he gets him to agree. Again. But you did a bliss. Again. I want it back the way it was. But that's not din, that's not rachamim. There's no way you can demand that. There's no way you can deserve it. You're right. I want it anyway. I want what cannot exist in the Bria. I want you to change the reality. Fine. Paraglamadalit. Make yourself two luchos, go up the mountain, and I will write on that what I wrote in the first ones. Fine. Moshe goes up. Moshe goes up. 
He goes up the mountain like Hashem told him. He takes the two tablets with him. He goes up the mountain. What's going on here? You're supposed to be writing. Hashem comes down in the cloud. Moshe stands. And he cries out. We have Hashem upon us. And Hashem passes the form and says, Hashem, Hashem, get rock of the hand. What is this? You're supposed to be writing on the Ruchos. What are the Yudgim Amigos doing here? Hashem said, I'm going to let you in on a secret, Moshe. And that's the secret of these 40 days. That's the secret of how we got the Luchos back. That's the secret of Yom Kippur. That is the secret of the only way we're going to be able to get through tomorrow. Tomorrow night and the next day. There's only one way. Now, I shouldn't say that. Those of you who made it for Din, those of you who are Yitzchak and tied yourself down to the Mizbeach, those of you who are Rebbe Akiva, who smiled as you said Kriyashma as they ripped your skin off, just ignore the rest of this year. There's not a problem. Those of you who Barachavim are able to go to the Baruch and demand mercy on the basis of whatever considerations you have, you're fine too. Thanks for coming. Understand? But for people like me, simple folk, so we go in for din and we weigh it up. We take a look. Okay, let's do an accounting. Let's do an accounting. Let's take a look at all the bad things you've done. Okay. And can you give me volume 27 over there? Thank you very much. How many? 187? Oh, we're going to be here a while, Dave. Like, oh, gosh. Uh, let's get out the, um, the list of the good things I've done. Oh, no problem. <laughs> you get my glasses? <laughs> well, it doesn't look too good. Oh, gosh. That sounds pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do have another option. Uh, we have a cleansing process. It's not terribly pleasant. Uh, okay, let's try something else. What, is there any other option we have here? Yes. There's something called the Yudgimomidos. And what happens? The Yudgimomidos says, what happened, happened in these books, forget about it. I don't want to say that Baruch is just a Vatran. He just gives up. Oh, you're right. Not that a Baruch is a Vatran, but a Baruch is occasionally Mavatir. It's a very important thing. There are people who are Balit Staka, and then there are people who are not Balit Staka, but they give Staka. On occasion. We know. They know people like that. They're not, they, they wouldn't be listed as Bali Tzaka. They don't give a lot of money. There are people who are lumped on him, and there are people who occasionally say over something coherent. But they're not quite lumped on him. I know they get carried away. You understand? There are people who are Bali Chassadim, and there are people who occasionally does something. Yeah? There's a, there's a big difference between those. When, when you give somebody a name, when you, you know, say you are this, you are that, if someone who does something does not make him that, when you when you say someone is this, that's got to be his entire essence. It's got to be his entire essence. It can't be. You're not allowed to call somebody something like that. A very important point. You know what I'm saying? You say you know this person. This person is a, you know this person is a Russia. This person is a Russia. Now, this guy's Balaveira. This guy's a, any name you want to give somebody. Be very careful. 
to be very careful. Because you're defying, you're not saying something the guy did. You're not reporting what he did. You understand? Person, I, I don't know if this ever happened to anybody. If you ever got home and you suddenly found a pen in your pocket and you have no idea where it came from, it's not yours, it's nobody that you know. Sometimes you may have accidentally lifted it from work. Sometimes someone gave it to you to, to you know, sign something with and you, you just automatically stuck in your pocket, you know. That person's not a ganov. You can't call that guy a ganov. Call that guy ganov. You're a thief. This guy's a thief. No. I right, took something. That makes the guy a thief. Chas <laughs> v'shalom. You know, I had this once with somebody where a person did something. You know what I mean? And uh, and uh, you know, I, I mean, it was it was pretty bad. You know because. Uh, I don't know if I should tell the whole story. But this person, this person had done something really bad and I was supposed to be interceding on behalf of this to make sure that this wasn't happening and he was doing it anyway, you know. And uh, it's, a, it's a very unpleasant story, you know. Anyway, so the guy swore to me he didn't do it. Swore to me. So I didn't do it. I don't you do it. I didn't do it. Da, 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 you know. And um, someone showed me the credit card bills. You know what I'm saying? So I did. So, uh, so I said to the guy, you're a liar. You're a liar. And his Rebbe got very upset at me. And his Rebbe finally found out about it because his Rebbe didn't know about it. He asked me, he begged me not to tell him, but after a while it got out of control. There's nothing I could do. So he says, there's one issue I have to take, I have to take with you. He's not a liar. He lied, but he's not a liar. I said, that's a fine distinction. He says, no, it's not. The person who lies is not a liar. I certainly. <laughs> my kids sometimes will say this, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, someone will say, where's the, where's the uh, milk? You know what I mean? It's in the fridge. It's not there. Liar. <laughs> What do you mean I'm a liar? You said something that's not true. You said something that's not true. You said, you said the milk was in the fridge and it wasn't in the fridge. You're a liar. So, there's a difference between being mistaken and being a liar. It's a liar. But we give out these names, give these names. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we say he's a botchman. That means his essence is that he is, he's, we say HaKadosh Baruch is not a botchman. And his essence is not a botchman. That doesn't mean he's never a That doesn't mean he's not a botchman. And therefore, I, there are times that he's a hey, you're a botchman. Because I'll say, you can call him a batman, even though at times he's a Unless his entire essence is that he's a batman. You can't give a name batman. Understand? So, when we say that Kodesh uh, Baruch is not a batman, there's an exception. There's an exception. And the exception is the Yudhimah Midas. And when you say the Yudhimah Midas, Hashem forgives you. Now let's understand how this works. How, how this works and how it should work. A very unusual medrash tanhuma. Say uh, an unusual medrash tanhuma is like saying a tall basketball player. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but it's just everybody says that. Everybody says that, you know. It's an interesting Gemara, you know what I mean? So, okay, with the exception of Kachim, I mean, it's all pretty interesting. <laughs> I apologize for the briskets in the audience. <laughs> Should be home learning anyway. What are you doing? Okay. <laughs> Right? This is what it says. But uh, when Moshe is up there trying to get forgiveness for Kali Yisrael, trying to get the second Luchas, he showed him the treasure houses of reward for all the Tzadikim. Each person according to his actions. Whose uh, who's, uh, treasure house is this? 
It belongs to the one who does tzakos. Those who learn Torah. Those who honor those who learn Torah. He showed them the biggest treasure house of all. Now I imagine the treasure house of the people who learn Torah, those who support Torah, must be pretty big. Bigger than that. The biggest one of them all. Who am I? Who gets this one? Those who have good deeds, those who deserve it, I pay them off. I give them the reward. And those who have, don't have, I give them from this for nothing. I show chain to those that I want to show chain for. Chain is such a difficult word to translate. Right? When you say, when you're, when you're going out with somebody, you say they have chain. Okay, so it means they have money. But when you're... I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, of course. It's just a joke, gosh. <laughs> anyway, but um, when we say, we say chain, they say grace. The translation is grace, graciousness. Graciousness. They say uh, um, favor. I don't, I don't know what any of those things mean. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so good at that. I can't. I don't translate chain. Chain is from the word chinam. I give them the chinam. Those that I will merachem on. Those that I will show mercy to. I'll show mercy to. But those who have nothing, to those people, I give them from this giant storehouse called chain. Chain is chinam. Now, how does that work? How does that work? We know that there's a Seder to the world. Things aren't Hefka. Kurdish Baruch just doesn't come by and say, okay, well, here's a big box. Take whatever you want. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. What does it mean, Fane? This is a very deep idea. It's uh, deeper than my ability to comprehend, but I do at least know how to say over. Now, there are many times I say things over this year and I don't give credit. These are things that I've heard from Ramesha Shapiro. I have this course for the past six, seven years to be going to his shiur, and uh, twice a week. And, um, and I have the wonderful, wonderful ability to be able to sit there and look at all the people who understand what he's talking about. <laughs> that, for me, is a moving experience, you know. So there was one time in a shiur I said over something that Ramesha apparently had said, and somebody repeated to me something Ramesha had told him once. He said, you can say anything I want without giving me credit. You understand? But don't say that I said anything unless you're sure it's really what I said. So I gave up quoting with Moshe many years ago. But uh, now they actually came out with a safer, C.K. Mayim, that has a lot of Moshe's ideas written up. And this is in there. So I'm, I'm just repeating what I read. I'm not repeating what I heard. I'm repeating what I read because you can check. At least you can check it up and see whether or not I read it correctly. It has a very warm Haskama from Moshe at the, at the front. Um... And, uh, and so, he says the following idea. It's based on Ramchal. And that's the following. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world because he wanted to give the world good. He wanted to give reward. He wanted to give good to the world. He wanted to reward everybody. The best way to do that was din. 
And since the world couldn't exist within, so he added in Rachamim. But what happens if you don't make it Bedin? And what happens if you don't make it Barachamim? Then we're going to go above the normal functioning of the world. Meaning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to create the world as an ultimate act of chesed and he set it up with rules and regulations called Din Barachamim. And if we see that we cannot be Zoycha in Din and we cannot be Zoycha in Rachamim, then we jump past the entire Mahalach and we go up to the original rut zone with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world which was to do good. And we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you want to do good for me? I got news for you. It's not going to happen this way. You want to get me on Din? Not going to be hard. You want to get me on Rachamim? No way I'm going to make it. I'm coming and appealing to you not on mercy. I don't deserve mercy. I'm coming to you to demand it on a higher level. That level is called Chain. That level is called Chinam. What did I do to deserve it? Nothing. Nothing. I'm coming to ask it on a higher level. As we say after Tekira Shaifa. We come to you if like children, if like slaves. If like children, Karachem of Albanim. Rachamim. If we stop you on the street and say, Hi, Dad, you've never seen us before. Somebody said to me, No, but we are Hashem's children. I said, Only if we act like Hashem's children. No, 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 we really are Hashem's children. I said, Listen, there's only one person who really made that claim that genetically he was Hashem's child. Is that... And maybe that's the expression, Beninim Tluyim, Adyamaki Purim. You understand? Anyway, so where are you hanging out tonight? Well, uh... anyway, we none of us claim genetically Hashem was our father. So, like they said to me, look, a guy comes up on the street, he might be your kid and you don't know it. I said, that's true. She goes, DNA test. You know that? With Hashem, there's no test, no DNA test. Like I said, except for, you know, also Aish, nobody's actually claiming he was actually my dad. You understand? You know, here's my mom, there's my dad. You know what I mean? I looks just like him. You know what I mean? You know? Five little taller, isn't it? You know what I mean? The whole idea is absolutely bizarre. So we don't mean genetically we're his children, but we mean that you can see. People look at us and say, that's a Kurdish Baruch Hu's son. He behaves in a way that you can tell who the Father is. He brings cover to Hashem. He brings glory to Hashem. And there are those of us who haven't brought glory to Hashem. And we haven't brought excitement to Hashem. And in fact, many people have looked at us and said, if that's the way from Yidin act, I don't know that I want to be a part of it. You know? The way people talk, and the way people behave, and the way people carry on sometimes, and people say, that's, that's it. You know, can't be much to it. On the other hand, we spoke about this before Rosh Hashanah. When people do act that way, and they are able to go to people, look at it, and they say, "Wow, there's a Kaddish Baruch Hu. You can find Hashem's glory in the world. That's different." So we're coming to Kaddish Baruch Hu. We're saying we didn't make it, but then we didn't make it Barachim. In Kavodim, then we're waiting for you, Ad Yom 
what day? Of Chanun. Of Chain. When a Kurdish Baruch Hu, Rechamti is a Shah Rechain, right? That's Rachamim. Yom Kippur is Chain. Yom Kippur is this ability where we have been raising ourselves up past these ten days and now we want to move. We don't want to, you can't get rid of Din. Can't we move Din? We want to move above Din. We want to get to that original Ratzon where Hashem said, this is what I wanted when I created the world. We want that original desire of Chesed. And that's how we have to approach Yom Kippur. If you deserve it, you get it on Rosh Hashanah. If you don't deserve it, then you have to shoot for something higher. We have to ask Hashem, who is not a matron, and this rare occasion to be Mavatir and to save us. How do we accomplish this? It means that we need to be Misha'ain Lo. I have nothing. I'm filled with shame and embarrassment. I was nothing before I was created. I'm nothing in my lifetime and I'll be nothing when I'm dead. Nothing, nothing, nothing. We come to you, Kedal Mikarosian, banging on your door. Please give us a handout. Now, one second, Coach Barker, you've got to admit that we, oh, I'm sorry, let's go back to court. I didn't realize you had a time on me. I didn't realize you had a claim. Oh, let's take a look then. Um, well, okay, doesn't come out looking good. Okay, forget it, I have nothing. But as long as you use those two words at any point on Yom Kippur, I deserve, you're back to dinner, Rachman. If you can make it in Din, fine. If not, you can ask for Rachman. But once I say I deserve, I deserve means I want what's coming to me. I can't speak for anybody else here, but I don't want what's coming to me. <laughs> not the Din, not the Rachman. <laughs> Throw myself in the mercy of the court, forget it, they'll shoot me. There's Din. Mercy of the court. For what? Can we say we didn't know? We never knew. All the height of a show gag? We never knew? My goodness. There's anything called a chadas and a show gag. All your chadas were a show gag. You didn't know? You never did anything but maze it? You never said, I know this is usher, but? You were never about to tell a piece of Russian horror and somebody said, I think this is Russian horror, and you said, yeah, yeah, and then continued? And now you're asking for they're playing the film strip. There you are. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't look good for your case. Doesn't look good. You know, there comes a certain point where mercy is not going to work if you understand that I'm guilty. I'm dead when I'm alive. Certainly when I'm dead. What did I accomplish? No, one second. You've got to be honest. And I did do this. I did do that. Okay, so you want to go to den? No. Let me put this into terms that are meaningful for me. I can't say whether this really works for anybody else. In my house, we occasionally would play board games when I was growing up. Baruch Hashem, eventually that stopped due to the many injuries. <laughs> I'm one of six boys of whom I'm the quietest and uh, probably one of the most horrible memories of my childhood was when we would play Risk. 
because when we, you know, went to conquer the world, my brother's basic philosophy was, and take no prisoners. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it was like absolutely horrible at times. It was just terrible. Monopoly, Monopoly, there was another family minute that some of the brothers played, and that is, if you saw you were going to lose, uh, there was this rule I ever found, and it was called Earthquake. And like the whole... <laughs> One of the least violent games, not chess. Chess was terrible. People stopped talking to each other for months over a chess game, you know what I mean? <laughs> You'd never know how castling could really like, work a person up into a fury. No, one of the most uh, mundane games was called the Game of Life. Now, I don't think they still have this. Milton Bradley's made the Game of Life. And you'd play, you got a little car. And you got a little person, a little, a little blue person or a little pink person, depending on who you were. You understand? So, uh, and you'd move around, and you'd get a profession, and you got a salary, you know, every now and then, when come to pay the payday. And you collected money, and you paid out money, and you got kids, and you lost kids, and you paid this, you bought insurance, you gave this, you know. No, sometimes we had to pay something, you give a kid. That's how it works. Anyway, you're moving around. <laughs> Moving around the board, you're collecting, you're collecting. And every now and then you get this opportunity where they gave you like $20,000. And you got two $10,000 bills. I think it had Art Linklater on it. But anyway, and um, it was this... There was this little board there from 1 to 10, and you put it on two of them, and you spin it. And if you win, I think you get 100000 and if you not, you lose your money. You know what i This is this little thing every now and then you could bet on, a, on the spin of the wheel, you know? And you're moving along, you're moving around, and when you get to the end, come at the end. So you come to the Day of Reckoning. I hear this to this day, and it still sends shivers down my spine. Your little car pulls up to the Day of Reckoning, and you get to cash in your kids for a certain amount of money. <laughs> I think they're just calculating how much you no longer have to pay, personally. You know? You cash in your insurance policy, you cash in different things, you know, and you have it all together, and now you have to make a cheshvan. Now it's the end of the game. Five more spots to go. You've got to make a cheshvan. Let's see how much money I've got. I take a look at how, many, how much money the other players have. And now, if I think I'm going to lose, I can just continue. I continue, I get my money. Maybe something terrible will happen to some of the other players. There's, there's always hope. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe the hurricane will blow them back. Maybe this, maybe that, you know. But let's say I see I'm really in a bad situation. I landed on teacher. Teacher gets no money. We all know that. You know what I You know, 18000 I think it was. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know. And, and you, you don't have a, you just can't make it. You can, at the day of reckoning, take all of your money and your car and put it on one number. One number, and you spin. If your number comes up, you win the game. If not, you go to the poorhouse and you sit there for the rest of the game. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a little emotional to this day. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know if they still have this game. This was the only game that, for some reason, was not violent. I don't know why. No one ever got hurt playing life. I think it was just so incredibly dull, that's why, you know. But that was the thing. This was the game. This was the game of life. Comes Yom Kippur. I should say, comes Rosh Hashanah. We are now on the day of reckoning. And we make a cheshven. So, how are you doing? How many mitzvahs do you have? How many avayers do you have? How you stand? Do you make it in din? Do you make it in rachamim? 
So what are you going to do now? I'm going to take my car and I'm going to put it on a number. But in this case, I get to put it on all ten numbers. And I spin the wheel. And I'm guaranteed I'm going to win. That's what Jim Kipper is. But the only way you can do that is you have to be my dad. I'm going to the poorhouse. That's it. I'm not making it. It's over for me. There's no way I'm going to make it. Not the din, not the rachamim. Only klum. And We have nothing. We come to you with nothing. I've got no one to speak on my behalf. I've got no claims. I've got no mice and toydom. I've got no mitzvahs. I've got no Torah. I've got nothing. And now that's it. I'm just taking it and putting it down on Yom Kippur. Hashem, grant me because of your original Ratzon to create the world. That's it. That's my only claim that I have. And that's what I can use on Yom Kippur. This, like all things, whenever anybody comes to me with an issue, they always say, easier said than done. I said, everything is easier said than done, with the exception of a bracha. You understand? Know easier said than done. Of course! There's this famous story on the Yom Narayim, where at one point the davening reached this incredible juncture, and the Chazan moves in front of the Arnak Kodesh, and he starts to say before Kodesh Baruch Hu, oh, I am a nothing, I am a nobody, I am a nothing, I am a nobody, I have nothing. And at that moment, the, the Rav sees this, and he moves to the front too, and he begins to beseech Kodesh Baruch Hu. He says, I am a nothing, I am a nobody, I am a nothing, I am a nobody. And the Shamash, who's sitting up front, he's in charge of running back and forth and taking all the stuff, he suddenly sees the scene, and he runs up and he says, I am a nothing, I am a nobody, I am a nothing, I am a nobody. And the Rav says to the Chazan, ha, look who's a nobody. You know what Like the guy learning in the Vardic for 20 years, and the guy comes in, is so moved, he sits down and saying, I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody. He says, hey, it took me 20 years to become nobody. You know what I mean? I'm not walking in here the first day and becoming nobody. You know what I mean? you got to work at being nobody. And the truth is, it's a joke, but it's definitely true. How much of us can really let go of those two words, I deserve, I deserve, Kimstmir, if you like that better. It's coming to me, I deserve it. In the back of our mind, we keep thinking to ourselves, Hashem, you didn't do right by me. Hashem, you owe me. Hashem, i got to come into me. Hashem, you should. Why don't you? I am. Whoa. You want din? That's what you say when you want din. I demand. You demand? Let's open up your file. Comes Yom Kippur, we say. On Yom Kippur, we say. We come to you and we beseech you and we throw ourselves at your feet. Nothing. We have nothing. Somebody told me they went once on one of these trips to Eastern Europe. I think it was in Krakow. I think it was Krakow. There's this shuk. And these poles have tables set up. Seda plates, Abdullah sets, Kiddush cups, you know, family heirlooms for hundreds of years. And they're selling them. I heard that story and I thought to myself, think for a moment. You know, I don't know if you've ever had this in a family. There's a fight over a family heirloom. Who gets the Seda plate? Who gets the Kiddush cup? You know, I went to visit my mother. She like opened up the... Uh, 
uh, Aron over there. She's uh, telling, saying, you know, why don't you take this? Why don't you take that? Why don't you take this? I said, Mom, you know, Baruch Hashem, we have a few years. She says, no, no, this brother already took the Kiddush cup, and this one already took the Seder plate. There's not much left. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you want anything, you better take it now. You know what I'm saying? You're going to wait till I go. The place is going to be empty, you know? <laughs> you see what people do? Fight over who's going to get this and who's going to get that and what? And that, because I deserve this. But, no, but I deserve it. But I have it coming. I... And everybody said, I deserve, I deserve, and that's mine, and that's mine. And you know who has it now? Some anti-Semitic pole is selling it in the street. That's where it is. I deserve? I deserve nothing. I have it coming to me? Oh, yeah, you got it coming to you. Let's hope you don't get it. Let's hope we don't get it. We're going into Yom Kippur. And the avoda of Yom Kippur is, we want to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu on the Midah of Chain. We want to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bechinam, grant us from that Eitzah Gadol. Open up that giant thing, but we have to really mean it. We have to really say, I deserve nothing. I have nothing coming to me. Nothing. I don't deserve anything. People complain, I don't deserve this. It's true. Deserve a lot more. Shem had Rachmanus on you. I don't deserve, I, I shouldn't have this coming, I shouldn't have. And we spend our whole life with a list of tinies and complaints and I should have gotten this and I should have gotten that and how come she sold this and how come he sold that and how come I don't have this and look at those people and ah, you know, I deserve better than this. On Yom Kippur we don't deserve anything. Nothing. Not the clothes on our back, not the breath of life. Nothing. <clears throat> I, I'm afraid to say, for most of us, that's our only hope. That's our only hope. Our only hope going into Yom Kippur is knowing that we don't deserve anything, but Hashem has an original rutzon to do good to us. And so after dinner Rachamim, I should say not after, before it, that chesed, that vitur, that goes against the entire cycle of life, that's what we're going to ask for come this Yom Kippur. And if we can in our heart of hearts on some level connect to that, it's so interesting, you know, on, on Rosh Hashanah we spoke about being big, and now maybe we're talking about the exact opposite, being small. On Yom Kippur, we are so high, we want to move above the din, to the chesed, and by connecting with that, be able to have Emir Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, really give us a taiva that we should be sealed for us and for Kaya for a beautiful year.